you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to We Are Survivors, a podcast about The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. I am Jared, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with my friend, Bobby Schistler. Hey, hey, hey. And uh, on this episode, we're coming coming into the home stretch here. Uh, We're going to talk about what happens at the farmhouse and what happens in Santa Barbara. But before we get into that... Let's recap. So in the last episode, Lev went to go find his mom on the Scar Island, and Abby and Yara went after him. Well, they tried to go after him, but you know, before they got a chance to go after him, they had an encounter with a man that killed Manny. Turns out that that man was Tommy. Uh, but they eventually they do make it to the Scar Island. They found Lev, and he accidentally killed his mom uh, while trying to protect himself. And, uh, you know... They try to make it all for the Scar Island, but Yara actually ends up dying at the hands of the WLF. But she saves Abby and Lev in the process when Le- Isaac was going to kill them. Uh, they do make their way back to the aquarium. Uh, that's uh, not Yara. Obviously, she died. But <laughs> Abby and Lev make their way back to the aquarium only to find Owen and Mel are dead. They found a map left behind by Ellie, and they go after Ellie at the theater. I end up killing Jesse, uh, maiming Tommy. And actually, after a fight, Abby almost kills Ellie and Dina, but she stopped short because of Lev. And that is where we left off. That was a lot that happened in that last day. A lot, <laughs> you know? yeah, a ton. Yeah. Yeah, so now this is after the fight at the theater. I would say at least a few months have passed by. And... Uh, we see a, a picture of a farmhouse, not a picture, but you know, you're outside of a farmhouse. And, uh, one thing, I don't think we really talked about it earlier in the series, but it's one of the conversations that Ellie and Dina have while you're just kind of walking around. Yep. Um, you know, Dina says something early in the game about wanting to leave Jackson and go living on a farmhouse. And Ellie kind of makes fun of her a little bit for wanting to go live like, you know, off somewhere, you know, on the farmhouse. And here they are a few months later, <laughs> um, you know, living in a farmhouse. So that's where that came from, uh, by the way. In, in case you either missed the conversation or didn't remember the conversation, that's where that uh, comes from. Well, I got to be honest with you. This is kind of a bad idea, though, in my book. It was weird. To say, well, why do you think it was weird? Oh, I, I just, I thought the game was kind of over. I mean, I wasn't happy with the ending, but. I thought the game was kind of over, and then it came on. And I was like, "Oh, it's going to give us an epilogue, like make us feel a little bit better about you know what everything that went down. You know, Ellie's going to have a happy ending at least. You know, we're going to get something like that." I was like, "All right, cool," and that's where I was at there. Oh no, I, I got gotcha. you. Well, I was just talking about you know the fact that they moved away from Jackson and now they're living out alone on this on this farmhouse i'm like that just seems like a really bad idea like we know what the out like jackson is a great place to be because one the people seem to be stable you know they have like some type of like you know 
so I'll call it a normal society to a degree. You know, they're not eating humans. They're not killing people coming through. You know, well, there's they have just power. They have housing. You know, yeah. There's there's it's like society rebuilding. You know, and exactly. After all the people, I mean, do does Ellie not learn? After all the people she just killed a few months before, somebody's got to have relatives that are looking for her at this point. You know what I mean? Well, there's that, but just the fact that, you know, even around Jackson, there are hunters, there are bandits and stuff. Like, we know that because in the first game, uh, you know, when you left Jackson or when you left the power plant, which is not far from Jackson, you ran into bandits. They 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 tried to kill you. Uh, you know, there's danger around Jackson, but Jackson is protected because there's so many people there uh, and they have systems that keep everybody safe. And now you want to move away from that? You know, all it takes is one bandit to find it, you know? Yeah, it doesn't And they could just weird. run up on that place. They could just run up on that place at night and overwhelm you. Yeah. You know? So that's why I'm just like, this doesn't really make too much sense that this is happening. But this is this is where they are, and apparently so far they're okay. Um but I, this whole part, I, I really feel like it was just here to kind of show what kind of life Ellie and Dana were building up, right? Like what, you know, they have together, which is actually a, a pretty good life. Yeah. Uh, but the scene does start with, you know, Ellie looking at Joel's watch. So obviously she's still got some issues there. Like they're not going to go away. You hear a baby cry and that kind of, you know, tells you how far along this is going because I think Dana was like only a few weeks pregnant when the events of Seattle were happening. And now the baby's been born. Yeah, at the most three months, because she wasn't showing at all. Right. And the, the baby's not like a newborn either, <laughs> you know? I don't even know what the stages are. Is that what would you call it, a toddler now? I don't know. I don't think it's like, wa- I don't think it's crawling or uh, anything. Yeah, I don't think it's crawling. I think it's, and I think it's an infant. Yeah. So uh, the baby is called, no, the baby's called, but the baby's name is uh, JJ. <laughs> and uh yeah so ellie picks up jj because you hear him crying and you know now she's walking around with him and yeah you just get a chance to see what their house is like which is it's a pretty stocked house like it's not barren right like ellie has her own room and uh you know has her artwork there it has like a poster of savage starlight there's a painting of dina and jj uh, they have like a dining room set. They've got couches, <laughs> you know. It's not bad. Um, Dana, yeah, it's not bad at all. Dana's in the kitchen, uh, washing uh, dishes. You do find a letter, uh, from Jesse's parents saying, you know, they they thank Dina for the pictures of JJ. So apparently they have a camera as well, <laughs> and um, they said, you know, you're welcome in their home. And Jackson, her, Ellie, and JJ are welcome back to jackson at any time so you know yeah the inside of the house is like it just looks like a regular house i don't think they have i'm pretty sure they don't have electricity but that's the only thing during the day you can't even tell it just looks like a a normal house uh when you go outside the house they have some small crops they have um you know they have uh, livestock like sheep yep sheep. you know yeah, so they're they're pretty much self-sustaining. I mean, I doubt they have plumbing, too. To be honest with you, I, I mean, I doubt it. I didn't see an but, outhouse, you know, but I'm assuming they had an outhouse. 
Right. I mean, the the house has bathrooms, but I just I being so far away from Jackson, I doubt they actually have working plumbing. So, you know, they have what they need to survive. And, you know, the Ellie puts on some Dina uh, some I was gonna say some Dina for music. <laughs> She's on some music for Dina. I'm a little off tonight. Oh wait, wow. hold on. But I if they put on music, they have to have electricity, right? Well, they have a record player. She spun it up. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah, she spun up the record player. Uh, so they do have some music and they dance around a little bit, you know. Uh, actually, even before that, though, you kind of go outside the front of the house and you get on like a tractor. Um, there's a lot of tall grass. I don't think that's wheat. At first, I thought it was wheat, but I don't think it's wheat because, I mean, if it is, they did a bad job separating wheat from tall grass. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> because, yeah. Uh, yeah, like if it is, if it is wheat. Wheat looks exactly like tall grass in other areas. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, there's like, like you know, Dina, not Dina, sorry, Ellie and JJ, they get on this tractor, and Ellie's kind of like, you know, let me teach you how to play a guitar, and I got stories to tell you when you're older, and you're kind of looking into the distance, you know, and they basically just live on this beautiful landscape in such a shitty world. It's a great place to be. Yeah. Know? And real quick, did you check the journal? Because this is the first time we have access to the journal once again. I did. I can't remember what it said, though. So it says uh, something along the lines of, basically, she can't talk about Joel, but she's amazed that Dina is able to keep talking about Jesse, and it almost makes her feel better, whereas it doesn't make Ellie feel better. And that was kind of the gist of what I got from the journal. But I just thought I'd bring that up because it's the first time we have access to the journal again, it's something I really missed in Abby's playthrough. Okay. So the journal. Okay. So you do, ha- you kind of do have to look at the journal later on. So it says the same thing, whether you do it now or later. Okay. Gotcha. So I'll, I'll kind of get into that. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you and Dana dance around a little bit. Dana's, you know, trying to get some work done and it's close to the end of the day. Uh, so you go outside, and Dina asks you to get the sheep back into the barn. She offers to take JJ, but you don't. You know, you're like, no, I'm fine. I'll take him. So you kind of herd these sheep into the barn. Uh, you do give, do tell JJ like one of your pun jokes. Like, what's the? I think she says, <laughs> "What's the quietest animal on the farm?" This is a sheep, like that. You know, so because you know that's a constant thing with Ali. Ali loves puns, and she's going to try to, you know, I guess transfer that love over to JJ as well but when you get all the animals into the barn all the sheep into the barn there's one that's like away from where the stable is and you go to get him and he knocks over a uh a shovel and it starts to trigger like this ptsd episode uh for alex as soon as the shovel hits the ground like you get a flash of joel laying on the ground like you know his face all beaten up and, and bloodied and then you know it gets a bit worse because you know you know ellie uh starts to hear joel actually she pitched like you know she pictures herself in that stairwell right before you uh right before you get to joel Help me! Help me! Help me! 
You're home. You're home. Breathe, breathe. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna take him. Okay. Sorry. I don't know. I don't know what. I was just bringing in the. Excitement in a while. Hmm? But Dina, she finds her because Ellie is screaming. JJ is crying. Dina finds her and kind of helps bring her back. So she's like very, you know, Ellie's trying to come back down at this point. And then from that point, time skips a bit. And it's the next day for sure because, like I said, uh, while that was going on, the sun was going down. Now it's kind of like middle of the day when you come back to Ellie and she's still shaken up though. So like whenever this happens, and I think she says that in the journal later on that it takes her a while to feel normal again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she was out hunting and when you get back home, Tommy is there, you know, he's, he's visiting. And he's actually kind of well. I don't want to say he's in, well. Yeah, he's not in, as the he's not in the same shape he was in Seattle. That's for sure. Like he's pretty hurt. Uh, yeah. His leg. He's like kind of appears like to be crippled. messed up. Yeah, yeah. His leg is messed up, probably from that bow that uh, that Lev shot into it. I would imagine. Yeah, that, the leg like, injury. His, his leg is the leg injury, and also apparently him and Maria are taking some time apart as well. Yeah, which makes it sound like they're having. Makes it sound like he's not doing well since coming back. He's he's spy, kind of spiraling, which is the only way you could actually justify the way he talks later in this scene. Right. So he's actually there because he has some info for Ellie. <laughs> Ow. Well, that's quite a bit you got there. Hey, Tommy. There you are. Here. We take him. Come here, bud. Oh, oh, yeah. Go. Here. Oh, I got it. I got it. Hey. Hey. <laughs> it's good to see you. Mm, you too. He's getting heavy. No, he's <laughs> just a big ball of muscle. Hmm? <laughs> Town's good? Maria good? Oh, she's fine. We, uh... We're taking some time apart. Hmm. Sorry. Nah. We talked about it a lot. And, uh, yes, well, we both want, so. <clears throat> okay. Oh. Come sit. I got something to show you. So I've been putting out feelers for months now. And this new guy heard my story. He told me about a woman that he traded with while he was moving through California. Described her as built like an ox, traveling with a kid with scars across his face. He said they're living along this coast in a beach sailboat right here. 
that's got to be hurt. We're done with that, Sarah. Reckon it's easy. Forget about her. You sitting all comfy way out here? Hey. I'll make her pay. Tommy. That's what you said when we got back to Jackson. Tommy. What a joke. Can you take him, please? Yeah. What the fuck was that? God damn it, Tommy. You know what we've been through. I'll say She made me a promise. I don't fucking care. I know you don't, dear. That's your goddamn problem. So apparently he's been putting out feelers trying to find Abby. And he comes into contact with somebody who actually traded with Abby in California. And they know where she lives. So he gives Ellie this information. And Dina pipes in and says, you know, they're done with that. And Ellie doesn't seem like she really actually wants to get involved here. And Tommy is upset. You know, he says, you know, it's easy to forget because they're comfortable. And, you know, Tommy reminds Ellie that she would said she'd make Abby pay. And, uh, you know, at that point, Tommy starts to leave. Dina chases after Tommy. You can hear them arguing in the background. And Dina tells him not to come back to her house with that shit, right? So she yeah. doesn't like just straight up tell him never to come back, but she's like, "You can't, you can't bring that here." Yeah, you and know? it it seemed really out of character for Tommy to be that. What's the word I'm looking for? Spaz, not spasmatic, but uh, I mean, he's just he's not talking coherently. He's not really making sense. Like he, it seems that he's gone full obsession route and maybe because his legs messed up and he knows he can't do anything about it. But it seemed really off to me. He seems, well, he seems like focused on it. I think, well, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's his, his sole focus is that the, this, this girl killed his brother and he wants her dead. He wants revenge. Yeah. He's, like, he still uh, wants revenge for it. So he's obsessed at this point though. I think. Right, yeah. So, you know, after this, this is the part where you have to go to the journal because Ellie just kind of wakes up in the middle of the night and she goes to her room and, you know, she pulls out a, uh, like a, like a container and it has her journal in it. It talks, um, you know, there's an entry about Jesse's parents trying to get them to move back to Jackson. Uh, there's an entry about her killing a boar and the screams from the boar reminded her of the screams from, um, Joel. And then there's what she talked about where, you know, Dina suggested that Ellie talk about Joel to help get the herd out. And Ellie doesn't want to, she doesn't want to do that. Uh, so 
uh, after that, you kind of uh, you're closing the windows around the house because I guess it's, it's a there's a draft coming in, and uh, you know you accidentally knock down your guitar case and you pick up the guitar and you start playing it a little bit, which I'm like, well, that's fucking rude. There's people sleeping in the house, <laughs> you know? uh, but no. So you start playing it and it actually triggers a flashback back to the night of the dance in Jackson. So when we started the game, we started the night the day after this right and we knew something happened at the dance we knew that dina and ellie kissed we knew that seth said something homophobic to them you know and we knew that something happened between ellie and joel at the dance because of this but we didn't know what so now we're gonna find out so when the scene starts ellie is there and she's looking at dina while she dances with a guy and um, this is like right after or close to, I guess, soon after Jesse and Dina had broke up. And Jesse starts to talk to Ellie. I hate these things. Tell me about it. Your old man really laid into me today. What happened? Another big lecture about my patrols. Don't go here, don't go there. It's funny how involved he gets whenever you're scheduled to go out. Yeah. She's, uh, she's putting on quite the show. I give you guys two weeks until you're back together. Not gonna happen. She, uh, Say something, dude. Make it one week. Ellie! Hey! What took you so long? Well, I'm here, aren't I? Dina? Jesse? Hey, don't forget, we're heading out early, so get some rest. Yes, sir. You know, so, you know, he talks about how Joel is being, you know, trying to tell him how to do the patrols, especially when Ellie is on those patrols. And, you know, uh, he actually Ellie brings up, you know, that he she thinks that Dina and Jesse will be back together in a week. So while that's going on, Dina grabs Ellie to dance. You're such a dick! Come on, don't you start with me? Okay, I have a very serious question for you. How bad do I smell? Like a hot pile of garbage. Oh, okay. Oh, how about that? Gross. (laughs) You love it. Every guy in this room is staring at you right now. Maybe they're staring at you. of you. I'm just a girl, not a threat.
family event. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Remember next time there's kids around. Yeah, like you're setting such a great example. Oh, just what this town needs. Another loudmouth dyke. The fuck did you just say? Ellie, hey. Ellie, don't. Get the hell out of here. Get your hands off me. Hey! Enough. Go on, you. Let's go for a walk. What about them? You worry about yourself. Let's get you some fresh air. You all right, kiddo? What is wrong with you? He had no right. And you do? I don't need your fucking help, Joel. And this is where we find out that, well, actually, this is not where we find out, because we know <laughs> already that Dina is interested in Ellie. This is where Ellie finds out that Dina is interested in her. So they're doing like a slow dance, and Ellie's like, hey, all the guys are looking at us, you know, or they're looking at Dina, is what she's trying to say. And Dina's like, well, how do you know they're not looking at you? She's like, they're not looking at me. And she's like, well, maybe they think you're a threat. And she's like, I'm not a threat. I'm just another girl. And Dina says that the guy should be terrified, and then she kisses Ellie. So while that's happening, you know, Seth breaks up the kiss and says, hey, this is a, a family event, you know, and remember that there's, there's kids around. And, you know, Dina gives him a little, you know, says a little something back to him, and then he calls Dina a loudmouth dyke. So that's what Seth actually said to Dina. So. Ellie turns around. She's about to, she's trying to get to Seth. She's like, what did the, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> and, but Dina's like holding her back and Joel gets involved and pushes Seth away. And, uh, I think then Maria comes and takes Seth away and says, Hey, you need to worry about yourself right now. <laughs> and, you know, you know, pulls him out. But Ellie is actually mad at Joel for getting involved and tells him that she doesn't need his help. Well, and we'll just kind of like, we finally know that Joel didn't punch him. He just pushed him. Yeah, he just pushed him. Yeah. Like, yeah, because that's what somebody had said that Joel punched him. It's like, Jesse. no, it was just a shove. Yep. Jesse, yeah, it was just a shove. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, Joel just kind of nods and then he he walks away. So, and then we come back to the present and Ellie is packing up to leave and Dina finds her. Man, it's been a while since he slept this long, huh? He had a day. Yeah. He's fine. Go back to bed. We'll talk about it in the morning, okay? I have to finish it. You don't owe Tommy anything. I don't sleep. I don't eat. I'm, I'm not like you, Dina. What? You think this is easy? For you and for him, I deal with it. I love you. Prove it. Stay. I can't. So what? I'm just supposed to, to sit here and wait for you? For God knows how long? Just thinking you're fucking dead the entire time? I don't plan on dying. Yeah, well, neither did Jesse. Or Joel. Hey, stop. Hey, hey, come on. We've got a family. She doesn't get to be more important than that. No. 
do this again. That's up to you. Dina is like just telling Dina knows what's happening right now. And she tells Ellie, you know, just come back to bed. And Ellie's like, no, I have to finish this. And Dina's like, no, you don't. You know, and Ellie's like, I'm not like you. I can't eat or sleep. And Dina's like, you know, this isn't easy for me either. You know, I deal with it for you and and JJ. And Ellie says she loves Dina. And Dina's like, well, prove it by staying. And Ellie's not going to stay. And Dina asks if she's supposed to just stay while she thinks Ellie's dead. And Ollie's like, well, I'm not going to die. And Dina makes an excellent point. She's like, well, Jesse didn't think he was going to die. Neither did Joel. Touche. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, then neither of them went into those situations thinking they were going to die. Uh, but, you know, Dina would just wants put Ellie to put the family before the revenge. And Ellie is going to go anyway. And Dina says she won't do this again. And Ellie's like, well, that's up to you. And leaves. You know. So even Ellie... I don't know. Like even Ellie seems to be a bit still kind of bent on the revenge, but at least in her case, I find it a bit. Actually, I can't say that I don't find Tommy's, you know, uh, feelings justified. And her, in Ellie's case, Ellie was awake while it was happening. You know what I'm saying? She saw Abby put the, 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 the golf club into his head and actually kill him. Tommy was knocked out at the time. Well, and they Ellie actually saw that. that. Yeah. They show that over and over again with diff like, Throughout this whole time, her PS, her PTSD, her dreams, we're seeing Joel's bloody face and him saying, what does he say? He said, like, don't, or it's okay, or something like that, or, or something. I forget what it is. I don't think he says anything. He, he doesn't say anything, no. Maybe I just, just rejected that. Yeah, he's just bloody and... And it's it's a rough scene, and so I I understand why she's so traumatized by it. I mean, she we don't see his head get smashed in, but that last golf club hit, I mean, probably popped that thing like a tomato. Right. I mean, I, even during the scene, like in the early in the game, you do see like a, like a piece of brain matter fly off. So, uh, but you know, basically that whole scene or that whole situation in the farmhouse, right? They just wanted to show that so they could show you what Ellie's giving up. She's walking away from all that. She's walking away from Dina. She's walking away from the baby. She's walking away from a stable life, even though I don't think it'll be a permanent stable life because I'm pretty sure they get attacked, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, they wanted to show that she's willing to walk away from all of that to go kill Abby, right? And even later on in Santa Barbara, she like she kind of like how can I put it like you can tell she it's really getting to her getting to Abby is really getting to her like she just wants to get to Abby and kill her and we'll dive into that a little later but now we're gonna switch to Santa Barbara you know it moves ahead to Santa Barbara and we actually switch to Abby and Lev. Okay, Constance. Now we just need. Oh, I checked this street a week ago. I can't believe you traded a pistol for this. It's a lead. 
No way that guy saw fireflies over here. Stop. I feel good about this. Well, I don't. Come on. So, like, you know, during this part, there's not much action. You know, her and Lev are looking for 2425 Constance. Ev, it's, uh, they're following a lead on where the fireflies might be. And Lev's kind of like, didn't we just clear this place last week? You know, and or, or some other time. And, you know, Abby's like, well, look, they gave us a very specific address. You know, it's a lead. Let's follow it. And like I said, not much happening here. There are some infected, some supplies to collect. Turns out that doesn't really make a difference, and we're going to get into that <laughs> in a second. Well, uh, but there's some supply. You could also see they're happy, like they're joking around with each other. They're not as tense as it was, you know, the whole three days, you know, that you had, you last were on them. Like they're chill at the moment, you know, like they're yeah, having a good time. I mean, yeah, uh, they are. And I think that's mainly because Abby has made her peace with what she did like she's reached with the level she re- she's reached where ellie wants to be right where she is content with that with what will happen right yep. where she feels like she she did what she needed to do her penance was apparently saving lev you know from from dying or though she was gonna try to save levin but there's nothing she could do about that and that's where she's just in a better place mentally but i still don't like abby so fuck her yeah. you know Oh. She probably <laughs> yeah. she probably feels better about letting Ellie and Dina live too, letting Tommy live. Probably. She probably. probably she probably feels better about that. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Don't care. Still don't like her. Seeing her happy makes me a little <laughs> upset. <laughs> uh but still, okay. But you know, you're looking for the house and you find the house that you're actually looking for. Uh, and it seems at first it seems like a bust, like you're not really finding anything except supplies, but you do find a hidden entrance to a basement. And this actually bothered me a little bit because this is why. Actually, sh- I shouldn't say it bothered me, but I kind of rolled my eyes when I when I heard this part. So when you find like there's like a uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for, like a shelf in front of the entrance to the basement, and you know Lev is trying to move it. But it can't. And Abby goes to move it herself. And she says, Scooch. The reason I rolled my eyes is because that's the same exact thing that Joel says to Ellie when he wanted her to move. And I'm like, come on, guys. This is too on the nose. It's too on the nose. Like, we already know that Abby and Joel are the same person. <laughs> we, we know that they're the same person. You, but this is too on the nose. You wonder if that was just the writers just... They liked the word scooch and just didn't realize they had had that in the one before. Maybe. I don't, I think they did it on purpose. You think so? To be honest with you. I mean, it's not, don't, don't get me wrong. Right. I just rolled my eyes. Like it's not a deal breaker or like, a, oh my God, I can't believe they did this. But at the same time, I'm like, come on y'all. Like, I know, like, I know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all. But like, she says that and you know, then he moves out of the way and they get into the basement and the basement's empty. There's nobody there. Hasn't been anybody there for a while, but it was a barracks for sure. There's like beds and showers and they find a working radio. They find a list of frequencies and one on one of the frequencies somebody responds is this frequency currently in use hello this is abby from santa barbara can anyone hear me if anyone can hear me please reply 
please answer. Hi, Abby. We got a clear signal on you. Where in Santa Barbara are you calling from? Um, 24, 25 Constance. Uh, we got a tip about a base, but there's no one here. We're looking for fireflies. I'm a, I'm a firefly. Where were you stationed? I was part of the Salt Lake outpost. Who ran that facility? Dr. Jerry Anderson. He was my dad. Well, how about that? We pulled everyone back from the satellite stations and brought them back here to home base. How many of you are there? We're about 200 strong now, with a few more every month. That one was right. You're about to get two more. How do we find you? Get to Catalina Island. Approach the large domed building in Avalon. We'll find you. Okay. Okay, we'll see you soon. Over and out. Looking forward to it. Good luck, Abby from Santa Barbara. Over and out. Come on, let's get back to the sailboat. So it turns out the rumors were true. The Fireflies were there in Santa Barbara, right? And the Fireflies are still operating. So the person on the radio asks her some verification questions like, where were you stationed? Um, who ran that location? You know, stuff like that. And turns out that they pulled everybody from the satellite locations to the home base, which is on Catalina Island. And there's about like 200 Fireflies that have reached there. And they said they get a few more every month. So the person tells uh, Abby to just make it to Catalina Island, uh, gives her a specific location, says they'll find her. Right? Yep. So yeah, Abby's happy now. And her and Lev are heading outside. And that is short-lived because as soon as they get out the house, they are attacked. And they aren't killed. They're captured. Right? Yeah. So there's a group of guys that they, they attack Abby. They attack Lev. They almost kill Abby because uh, they were punching her in the face. And they say, hey, you know, chill. Like, don't do that. And, you know, actually one of the guys says, I think he says, like, well, this is quite a catch or something like that. Right? Yeah. And uh, that's where the scene goes black. Well, Ed, as Big Juicy Hog told us, he calls the guy that took out Abby uh, Fat Geralt of Rivel of Riverdale, Riverdale, Riverdale. Oh, that's what he was Rivia. talking about. Yeah, like, he was I, talking about yeah. that guy. He put a little <laughs> little meme up. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say at this point when that happened, I was like, no, 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 and that's the point that I realized. God damn it! I like Abby and Lev now. What is wrong with me? Like, and I was worried about what's going to happen to them, and it pissed me off, to be quite honest. But at that point, I was like, no, because I was, I was excited too. I was like, oh, we're going to go get to see the fireflies. This is going to be crazy. Like, you know, and like, I wasn't even thinking about Ellie coming after at that point. It was, it was really bizarre. But that's the point that I realized. Okay, well, I do kind of like them now. Yeah, no, I still don't like Abby. I mean, I never had a problem with Lev. <laughs> you know, I think Lev's fine. Never liked Abby. Yeah, I, 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 t- I will tell you, to the end of this game, I still don't like her. 
<laughs> you know? So just because she's found a uh, resolution does not change how I feel about her as a character. Well, it changed. Know? It definitely changed for me. I was not expecting that. It was a, it's a definite weird surprise for me going through this whole roller coaster right. of a freaking game. Oh, no, I feel you. So, you know, you switch over to Allie, who is now in Santa Barbara. And uh, actually, if you switch, if you take a look in her journal, it kind of talks about her journey a bit. You know, she got attacked by some hunters and she killed them. Uh, she went not through Las Vegas, but around Las Vegas. She says, you know, she can hear. So I guess it's a quarantine zone in Las Vegas. So it makes sense. And she says she can hear thousands of infected inside the walls of Las Vegas. So she just went around. I'm like, that's interesting. You know, Cause, I mean, like, you know, that's a tourist location. I can imagine like when the when that when it hit, when things hit, like it hit really hard in places like there, New York, you know, even in the middle of Los Angeles, you know, stuff like that. So uh, she was also a part where she was not part, but like a part of her journey where she was trapped in a basement and large whores passing by. And it took so long for this horde to pass by that she actually lost power to her flashlight. And when it got dark, you know, so the dark was fucking with her. She can keep smelling iron and seeing it's iron. And seeing Joel, uh, you know, in the darkness. Like, that's what, what she kept seeing. And, you know, she misses Dina and JJ. And actually, like, the, she only got out of the Horde area because the Horde got distracted by a group of travelers. And some of them didn't make it out. She ended up burying the body of two kids, you know. So, that that happened on her way to Santa Barbara. But she did find Abby's boat. And on the boat, she finds... One, where they were going. So she finds the information about 2425 Constance. Uh, and she's actually going to head that way. But before you get out of the boat, you do find a journal entry from Abby. Kind of like it's, she's talking to Owen, right? And talking about looking for the fireflies. And another part where I rolled my eyes. This was two times, I guess, in the, in 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so she says that she misses Owen. And I hate this relationship. I hate this relationship because if anybody out of that group, in my opinion, deserved to live, it was Mel. And Mel died because of the fuckery happening between Abby and Owen. I disagree. <laughs> I, I would say Manny. Manny? Yeah, Mel. Why? I'm still mad at Mel for going out on on mission when she was like super pregnant and then climbing up the thing and like put her belly on the thing as she pulled herself up. I don't know. I just still not a big fan of I'm Mel. talking about, I'm talking about in relation to the situation with Joel. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Mel was the only one of that group who actually had a conscience about it. Right. Yeah. You know, she's the only one of that group who actually was like, not okay with the way things went down yeah but if i was gonna have that thought that i'd have to be just as mad at joel which i'm not because joel didn't have a conscience about many of the things that he did you know well yeah i mean well that's the thing you like joel as a character i didn't like i joel in my opinion i i think i said i was it last episode i said it i didn't think that joel didn't deserve to die right like for what he did like I, i think he got what he what what came to him my only my reason for being upset at joel's death was that i wanted to see him redeem himself yep right that, i that. wanted to see that opportunity so i think that was the last episode i said that but in terms of him dying 
Yeah, like no, like, like he. It's a cycle, you know. He he got what he deserved to a degree, and I think I kind of want to dive into that as well because there's a lot of question. There's a lot of not question, but a lot of conversation about who had the moral high ground here, and I, I do have a lot to say about that. But okay, okay but uh, one no. other thing that you said you hated the relationship between Abby and Owen. Me too. But I kind of understand because the way I see it is that weird, awkward sex scene was probably Abby losing her virginity. Why would you think that? Because who did like she talks about no other relationship ever before besides Owen. And they definitely hadn't (laughs) slept together, you know, that like, you know. Early on, when they first go into the what's it called? Like the kiss was even awkward. So I feel like that was her first time. And that's probably, I mean, you have weird feelings for those first time, you know, people. Yeah. I don't know if that's her first time. There's plenty of opportunity for them to have had sex before. So I don't know. But I, then again, I'm not gonna. Ref- I'm not gonna like argue with it. Mike. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> you know, for all, all I know. But the thing about Abby and Owen was that, you know, Abby liked Owen. Obviously, the thing happened with her dad, where her dad dies. Now, her primary objective is to get revenge on Joel, and that was her primary objective for years. That's all she cared about to the point that she ruined her relationship with Owen. Owen only wanted to be with, just wanted to be with her and be happy. She wasn't going to be happy until she got Joel. And then she used that part of their relationship to kind of rope him into doing other things like, hey, go with me to get this to go get Tommy so we can find Joel. Because when Abby was talking about, uh, you know, Tommy being in Jackson, Owen's first response is like, well, Isaac's nobody else is going to come. Well, Isaac's not going to let everybody go. You know, he didn't want to go. He only Definitely did it not. because he, he, you know, he felt he, he had feelings for Abby. Even showing Abby Jackson, he did that with everybody else sleep. He's like, I got something to show you, you know, because he had feelings for her. He put the, you know, he knew it was going to be dangerous too. When he found Jackson, he knew what was about to happen was going to be dangerous because he was, when even when he was talking to Abby, he was trying to dissuade her from going down there and he already knew mel was pregnant but he showed her anyway all he had to do was not show her jackson entire situations avoided they all go back to uh either sorry so he either a doesn't show the her jackson or b shows the entire group jackson because he said if if he showed the entire group jackson everybody's going to want to leave because there's going to be too many people and the situation's avoided but no he didn't do that then Mel gets roped in. Her biggest sin is falling for Owen. But who knows? If she didn't get pregnant by Owen, she might have just let that shit go. She's got Owen's baby on the way. So maybe that's why she was still attached to Owen. Maybe. So that, that situation could be different. So her biggest sin is, is, is trying to wrangle Owen away from Abby. And she died because of it. Even in the situation with, uh, with um, Ellie, if Owen doesn't try, to get the gun from Ellie, you know, they both probably live. You know, she shoots Owen and then Mel jumps into action to try to protect him. But, you know, they both probably live. They pr- both probably survive through that situation. 
you know. So yeah, yeah this is why I don't, I don't I don't like the the relationship between Abby and Owen. It's a toxic relationship that got other people killed. The only person who I think should have made it through that situation was her, you know, because she was the only one who felt some type of way about what happened there. Because what happened with Joel is not justice. It was revenge. Flat out. Yeah. Not justice, revenge. Well, and I didn't so. get enough time with any of them to really care. The only, if you know, I take it back, not Manny. The only person that should have survived isn't a person at all is a damn dog. <laughs> yeah, it's Alice. <laughs> Alice should have survived. That was a, was a sin, but I just never got enough time with any of them to actually like them. Like they gave me a lot of time with Abby and mm. rightly so they had to, or there's no way. I mean, if I would, right. you know, seen that stuff, you know, cut scene after cut scene, I'd still hate her now, but I went through some struggles with her, like in Lev and, you know, she Absolutely. ain't perfect, but I'm not perfect either. Right. I got you. Uh, so, you know, you, since you know about 2425 Constance, you know, Ellie heads that way. On the way, you do find the note, a note about a group called the Rattlers. So uh, the way to describe them, these are the people who took Abby. They capture people, but the note doesn't say what they do with them. Apparently, this person had escaped from being from being in their custody. Uh, so they capture people, but they never say what they do anything. So at this point, it could be anything, right? They could be eating them for all we fucking know. Yep. <laughs> you know. Uh, but after you make your way through some infected, uh, actually more than a few infected, uh, Ellie actually gets caught in a trap. And the way it swings, she actually gets her side punctured. So she's kind of bleeding out there and just hanging. Yeah, and like then, a tree oh, branch, right? Yeah, yeah. So shortly after that, um, you know, shortly after that, the guys who took Abby find Ellie. Abby. Abby. We got a live one. This bitch is fucked up. Maybe lucky if she lasts a month. Can we please just say we're done for the day? Yeah. Yeah, Get that thing down. Let's reset the trash. Really, man? I mean, is she even worth the trip back? It's not like... Hey, get you! Uh, no, 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 no. I'm good. <laughs> Something funny? Looks like you shit your pants. Fuck you, say. You little bitch. <laughs> oh, you, you like funny, huh? Get up. Come on. Get up. We don't need no, this. No, she's fucked up anyway, man. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny, right? It's funny. Seriously. Yeah. So you know what ends uh, ends up happening is that they cut Ellie down. She's in bad shape. One guy doesn't even want to. He say he doesn't think it's worth taking her in. Uh, but uh, you know, there's another trap. 
that a clicker is caught in and the guy goes to the trap and the clicker kind of wakes up and scares him almost scratches him but doesn't make it and you know ellie makes one of them calls him a bitch said he almost shit his pants <laughs> and the guy's like fuck it like he picks ellie up and tries to pull her arm close to the clicker and obviously he doesn't know that she's in you know she's immune so it's actually a trick because what ellie does is as you know they're getting closer she's pulling away pulling away and then she uses his momentum to push him into the clicker so she actually pushes the guy to the clicker guys getting his you know neck you know eaten by the clicker and uses his body as a shield while the other guy the 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 fat gerald <laughs> or you know <laughs> gerald of Rivia. <laughs> yeah he uh he actually you know she uses the other guy's body as a shield while you know the fat guy shoots uh, she tries to shoot him. So she uses the guy who's getting eaten right now. She uses his weapon and shoots the other guys in the, the other guy in the knee. There's only, I said guys. There's only two of them there. Uh, so while the guy is pleading for his life, he tells Ellie where to find Abby. Wait, 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 wait. You said Abby. You're looking for an Abby, right? We picked one up uh, a couple months ago. No, yeah, sir. Oh, no, big girl. Blonde, arms like mine. She had a, a scrawny kid with it. Cuts by his mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's her. You let me go. I'll tell you where she is. You can get to her before that infection takes over. Talk. She's in a holding cell at our camp. Where is that? Head that way till you hit the railroad track. That'll lead you to a resort. We keep them in the tall, round building. I swear. And so apparently a few months have passed by since, you know, they got Abby. And this guy's an idiot because he tells her all of the details. At first he says, if you let me live, I'll take you to where Abby is. But then he just gives her all the details, you know? Yeah, she 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 pressures him and he breaks pretty easy. He looked a lot more tough. She doesn't even have to pressure him. She just says, talk. And he's like, oh, well, you just take these tracks and you look for this building and they're all in here. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, he gave up everything, you know? Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, you go down the tracks, you look for the resort. They're in the resort in the big round building. Okay. <laughs> and then she shoots him. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know? Yep. So. The thing that comes out of this, though, is that you do get a new weapon. You get a silenced SMG. Which is sweet. Everything. It is sweet. Everything Finally, that Ellie gets a gun that's worthwhile. Oh, yeah. So, at this point of the game, this is just like the Firefly fight, pretty much. Right? You're fighting a new group of enemies. You get weapons that you never had before. The enemies have body armor. Last of Us Part 2. Yep. <laughs> like this, that, that's where you are. That's what's Climax happening. Climax part, part two. Of the game. 
Yeah, Climax Part 2, right? It's the same thing uh, that happened in, in the first game, except it looks better. I will give you that. It definitely looks better. And you're killing shittier people. Yeah, actually, I do want to talk about that. <laughs> that. That is true. So you make it to the resort. Ellie has actually stitched herself up at this point. You see somebody trying to escape, and he's like, I'm not going back because they corner him, and he shoots himself. And they're talking. Apparently, they've lost like three people that month, and they're trying not to lose anybody else. So um, you end up fighting through the Rattlers. And like I said, it's just like the first game, you know. Uh, with the body armor and the better weapons, even though this is a better weapon than that assault rifle you get at the end of the last of us. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a silenced SMG. Like, come on. It's sweet. A silenced SMG and a stealth game. Dude. Uh, so, but anyway, you make it to the actual resort, you know, cause you were just outside the resort. So now you make it to the actual resort. And apparently the Rattlers are using the people they capture as slaves. All right. So these people are slavers. The first time I went through this, I didn't think about it. But this the second time I'm kind of going through the footage and I'm looking at what's happening. This makes no sense. People are up in arms about Abby. Up in arms, little, little pun there, that unintentional. <laughs> up in arms about Abby and how she looks and how it makes no sense that Abby looks the way she does. You can't like, okay, her workout schedule's not perfect. Her diet may not be perfect, but it is definitely within the realm of possibility that she is able to bodybuild the way she does, you know? Yeah. I mean, some people just put on weight, too. I mean, it's, you know, genetics. Yeah. But this doesn't make sense. And this is why it doesn't make sense. It Actually, let me put it like this. For them to have the slaves would only make sense if they are overproducing and selling and trading to other groups, which there are no indications that that is actually happening. There's no indication that that's happening. Okay. And this is why it it doesn't make sense. Now I will say one more thing before I get started based on a note you find in the resort. It looks like that the resort is not their main base of operations. That's where they have the slaves. Um, There's another place where the Rattlers will pass food to. So there's there's a place where the food goes, which I imagine is like their main base of operations or their main town or whatever. You're living in a world with limited resources, including humans. Humans are a limited resource in this universe right now. Just having the slaves requires more resources because you have to feed slaves. You have to uh, give them supplies. You have to keep them in working condition. Well, and what are they doing? We don't see any farms. We don't see any mines. We don't see any. We don't see any of that, but they're basically, they're like, we know for sure that they're growing food for sure. Because there's two notes that reference that. So they're definitely growing food. So, and one of the main reasons it's really important to keep the slaves alive is because of the, the fact that human resources are limited. You know, you can't guarantee that they're going to be able to go on patrol or walk out and just find another person. They can't guarantee that. So whenever they do get slaves uh, or they do capture somebody, they have their best bet is to actually keep them alive and keep them in working condition. Not to mention there's risk involved in capturing somebody. 
you know, they might be well armed and you'll lose more people than it was worth. Like you're going to capture one, two people, you lose four or five people, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's just not worth it. It would be better if a, they used the labor they had instead of going out and capturing, like, uh, and capturing people, just use the labor you have to grow your own food and only have the food for the people that you need or B instead of going out and capturing people, you can say, Hey, if you got like the deal, you can kind of have like the social contract. If you guys make the food or if you guys grow the food and stuff like that, we'll protect the whole, we'll protect everybody. Like we'll protect the, you know, the, whatever the compound will protect the town, whatever we'll do the protecting as long as you guys grow the food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That way you, everybody who's involved is, you know, they have like a stake in what's happening, right? You only grow food for the people that are, you know, living in the compound. They live longer. They'll probably, and they'll be able to, you know, transfer that knowledge of, you know, like growing food and however they do things that they'll be able to improve on processes, you know, stuff like that. It's a much better situation than going out, capturing people, having slaves, working them to the bone, killing them when they escape or they killing themselves when they escape. Uh, it's just too much trouble to just have slaves just to make food for yourselves. It's way too much trouble. Besides it being a shitty thing to do, let's be honest. You know, it's a really shit. It's a, it's a, like a, if you're somebody with no moral fiber, you only talking about the logical aspect of this. It does not make sense. So out of everything that happens in the game, in my opinion, this makes the least amount of sense. Yeah, it seems a little rushed. Yeah, like they just needed. It feels like they just needed something to a new edge, right? Like we've already had the hunters who will kill people when they enter into the area, right? We had uh, uh, David's group who would capture people and eat them. You know, we've had that. You know, so now you need another aspect, and these people are slavers. But it doesn't make sense. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Like I said, unless they are trading or selling with somebody else. That's the only way it makes sense. So, yeah. but you, um, you know, while you, you go into the complex or into the, to the resort, you do find a note from somebody who escaped. And this is what I was talking about. They escaped and left a note saying, and they promised to come back with their group. They saying we weren't just loners. We had a group. So this person said they're going to, they, they got out and they're going to come back with their group. That's the, I'm saying the risk. It's not worth it. Yeah. And you know, the hatred the slaves would have for you too would just, it's not a, it's not a sustainable model. Exactly. Like it, it's the, it makes the least amount of sense, but you make your way through the facility. And that's another thing that doesn't make sense here. They have infected chained up. And this also makes no sense because where they have them chained up, it's like, it, it can't be there for security because it's not like they're on the outside of the compound and they're keeping people away from the gates or anything like that. It's none of that, right? They just end the compound uh, chained up. And it almost seems like they're chained up for punishment. Like, or like you know, one of the, uh, the women earlier said, you know, she threatened to throw somebody into the pool. Well, the pool has three clickers in it. So it seems like more of a punishment thing uh, than an actual security thing. And that also doesn't make sense because what if one of them gets free <laughs> and that's exactly what you do. They're yeah. ju- they're essentially just a gameplay mechanic 
in the zone. So you can like let them go and they'll go cause trouble pretty well, much. I mean, it's the Last of Us 2 equivalent to, you know, the James Bond bad guy in the live volcano that has a tank of sharks with lasers on their head. You know, it's like the fear factor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. So, I mean, this is pretty much the final area of the game. This is the final fight of the game. And I don't think you can stealth it 100%. I mean, if you can great, but there's just a point you come to where there's from what I can see, there's no way to get behind the enemies. You just have to kind of move forward into them. Like you can move around at first and, you know, uh, let the clickers out and, you know, stuff like that. But eventually they'll get dealt with. Like, there's way, I will say one thing. There are way more people in this complex and way more enemies than it looks like. I will say that. Yeah. and it's Because I was surprised how many people. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised how many people actually showed up. So I will say this is my first time using explosive arrows. I don't know when I got that in the game. I cannot tell you when I actually got that ability to make explosive arrows. Oh, it was a it, it was a bummer because it's the first time I used explosive arrows also because that whole thing where you save things because you think you might need it later. So yeah. Ellie got them, you <laughs> right. know, probably like end of day two maybe. And I didn't really? use them until here. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how I killed the last few people because I was actually running out of ammo at this point. I was running out of ammo, and the la- that's how that's what, how I remembered that I had the explosive arrows. I was like, "Oh shit, I can craft these!" And there it is. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're awesome too. Uh, you got a bunch of twofers, you know. <laughs> so uh, that that was good. But you know, after you kill all the rattlers, at least all the ones you know of, uh, you make your way to where they have the prisoners, and you get attacked by one of the rattlers, but you're able to get like push her against the prison bars and the prisoners actually get a hold of her and end up killing her. And uh, they take her keys and the prisoners get out. When they get out, they notice that you're bitten. They almost shoot you. And you know, one of the guys like, just chill, you know, Uh, you ask where Abby is and they're like, Abby's at the pillars. And what the guy says, she's probably already dead. And so they let you go and you go toward the pillars and they leave the other way. But as you're walking toward the pillars, now you're hearing shit light up in the background, right? You're hearing gunshots. You're hearing oh, shit yeah. explode. The, the prisoners are out. The slaves are out. And they are fucking shit up. Well, and they're <laughs> okay. grabbing all the guns that you just, you know, killed everybody. Like, they're arming themselves fast because you killed a whole bunch going in. They also said, she said, what do you mean the pillars? And he said, just go to the beach. You can't miss it. Right. So you do get there, and essentially the pillars are a bunch of torture stakes, right? They're like I think they're basically like foam poles, like sticked into the stuck into the ground. And the I guess I don't know if it's if it's people who disobeyed them, made them angry. Like we don't know the situation, but they're all kind of like strung up on these poles, and they basically just sit there and they're on the beach. So essentially, when the sun comes up, you just. The sun just beats down on them all day. Yeah. They're They're not getting fed or anything like that. So they're just basically left out there to die. Like basically burn and die. Well, this confirms that we're not running into any more cannibals because they wouldn't let that food go to waste. So we know they're not cannibals. (laughs) Yeah, this is, this is very true. So you find Abby and she is in bad shape. Like she's really thin. Yeah. Like they cut her braid off and her face is like badly sunburned. 
it, it took me a while to find her because I kept looking for someone who was bulky, and I didn't even recognize Abby until I got real close, and I was like, oh. Well, I was actually, there is somebody there with a braid on her head, and I thought that was her, and then no, it wasn't. So um, I did eventually find her, and I'm like, wow. And so Abby, she kind of like looks down, she recognizes you, and she's like, it's you, and you know, you grab your knife. Now, at this point in the game, if I could actually control it, I would have just put my knife, plugged her side, walked away. That's what I would have did. I you know, okay, fine. Like, really? It's over. That's what I would have did. Just bow. Just it's gone. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, but that's not what happens. Yeah. Go ahead, just, Bob. I was just thinking, what's gonna happen now? Like, she's cut her down. Like, what's gonna happen now? This is really weird. We just gonna escape yeah. together and then figure it out after that, or what? Well, yes, yeah, I mean, like, so Ellie cuts Abby down. Abby then gets Lev down and carries Lev to a boat, and she tells Ellie their boat's over here. And so Abby goes to one boat, you go to the other. You start to prepare the boat to leave, and then you get a flashback of Joel, and so another flashback of him beat down on the ground, and Ellie turns around. And tells Abby that she can't let her go. I can't let you leave. I'm not doing this. Part of this. Okay. Okay. So Abby says she's not going to do this, and Ellie pulls her by her hair and you know pulls uh, pulls her to the ground into the water. And kicks her, and Abby's just saying she won't fight her. And then Ellie's like, yes, she will, and she threatens to kill Lev. And Abby's like, well, he's not part of this. And Ellie says, well, you made him part of this. And that's true. That is true. Abby's the one who brought Lev to the theater. Yeah, I mean, but Ellie's the one that brought Dita to the theater, too. Yeah. But this had, like, but she, Ellie said that Abby made her part of this. Which it would have been true if 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 Dina was the person in question, then yeah, Ellie uh, made Dina part of this. But then again, you know, Dina volunteered to go, and Dina's an adult. Dina was an adult when she volunteered to go with Ellie in the first place. So that's on Dina. Lev is nah, a kid. Okay, I think you're. Lev is a kid. You know. Think you're. Think you're <laughs> you, you know, it's the same thing as what I saw. Well, it's, but that's the thing. I mean, okay, fine. You could you could blame Ellie if you want to. I'm not saying she that she's blameless. You could blame Ellie if something happened to Dina. You can blame Ellie for what happened to Jesse, too, if you really want to, which is fine. But we're not talking about that. We're, we're talking about Lev. Like who? Like if Lev dies, whose responsibility is it? It's Abby because Abby 
Abby could have left to Santa Barbara with Lev, you know, but no, they went to the theater and she's the one who put Lev into action. She, when she was chasing Ellie into the back of the theater, she told Lev, don't let her out the front. He, she didn't say Lev, she didn't say Lev, just hide over here or stay over here, do this or do that. She told Lev, don't let her out. So she put Lev into action in the situation. I think that's the whole point. They, they all were putting all different people into action. Like all of Abby's friends are dead because Abby put them into action. Like this is I mean, true. It's I, a I, I agree vicious circle of revenge and that's, hatred. It's the whole point. But yeah, but in this instance, right now, we're talking about Lev. <laughs> you know, and it is true. She did bring him into that, right? So now I don't really think Ab- Ellie would have actually killed Lev. I don't think she would have done that. If Abby would have actually just, you know, just not said, like, just just let it go, I don't think Ellie actually had it, had it in her to kill Lev, you know? So, um, basically, at this point, Abby charges at you and you start the fight. And Abby is not in fighting shape. And that shows through this entire fight. I mean, unless you just can't hit your buttons. Like, if you're not good at, like, doing the dodge and stuff like that, Abby might have kicked your ass. I don't know. I, but uh, if you just. I failed this fight multiple times because I was trying to end it. I oh, was really? trying. I was just like, leave. Let it be, Ellie. Just let it be. Just let her go. Just go. Get uh, the boat. Go back dude. to Dita. Let her go. Stop this. Like, give it up is what it is where yeah. I was at. So I died multiple Ellie. times. And then Abby kills you. So. You don't have that option if you want to f- if you want to finish the game. <laughs> oh yeah, Ellie. I mean, she has the full advantage here. I mean, I think the reason why they punctured her side was to give to to make it even somewhat right. So just in case you did fail it, there's a reason why you failed it because you know you got a hole in your side, even though it's stitched up. I'm sh- you know she's still really hurt. Yep. Um, but for the most part, I mean, like if you just hit your buttons properly, like Ellie stabs abby several times um she's even like she even punches abby into the ground basically like she punches her and knocks her into the water and abby is like sobbing while this is happening you know she is hurting a lot and it has to hurt double because she has a lot of sunburn on her face too so that's not helping (laughs) but you know abby is like sobbing while this happened this is not something she wants to do so you try to drown her but ellie's fingers actually get caught in abby's mouth and abby bites off two of her fingers but you push down Abby again, and while you're drowning Abby, like, this is it. This could have been it. She could have drowned Abby right here. She could have killed Abby right here. But she remembers Joel again. But it's not Joel beat up and dying. Mm-hmm. It's Joel sitting someplace with a guitar. Like, he's basically just sitting, you know, on a porch with a guitar in his lap. And he turns and he smiles. and. This is a very specific image, and I think they they use this image for a very specific reason. Uh, one of the arguments that I'm hearing across the internet or seeing across the internet is that you know at, you know um, Ellie remembers this random memory of Joel. That's not him dying, and that's not the case. This is a very specific memory that we're going to get into in a little bit. But right after that happens, I'm not going to talk how about how I feel about this until we're done because we're that close. So, I can tell you how it made me feel, though, like in the wait. moment. Okay. Okay. Well, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. In the moment. Go ahead. I was just like, oh, Ellie, come on. Come on. 
It's a different image. You could do it. Let her go. Let her go. Let this, 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 this repeating violence, this circle of violence just end now. Let it end. Please just let it end. I was just, I was, I was just like, come on, just let her go. I think Neil Druckmann will love you, Bob, because I'm pretty sure you got the exact message he was trying to send across. Yeah, I fucking hate you, Neil Druckmann. (laughs) Like, I, I, I don't appreciate it. I really don't like it, but I do, I do get it. And I was definitely, I was definitely moved during this scene. And I wanted to let her go earlier though. Like, you know, Ellie took a little bit more time. So after she gets this image, Ellie lets her up out the water. Okay. And she just sits in the water and she starts crying. And Abby's like at this point trying to catch her breath, get the water out of her lungs, you know, yeah. trying to live. <laughs> um, but then she just tells her to go. Ellie tells Abby to go, take Lev and go. And she sits in the water and cries. And then it goes to black. So right after this, uh, you see the farmhouse again. Ellie has made it back to the farmhouse, but you go inside. Farmhouse is empty. Dina has moved out and all of Ellie's stuff is in her room. So Dina didn't take Ellie's stuff with her. She didn't leave and a note either. She didn't even know it either. So she try Ellie tries to play the guitar, but she can't really play the guitar. Yeah. She's missing two fingers. Such a disgusting scene. And this is when it hits me. Ja right at this moment. I thought to myself, this ain't an action game. This isn't a horror game. This isn't a drama. This is a fucking Greek tragedy. And I don't like Greek tragedies. But we don't do Greek tragedies anymore. It's just, it's not something our society accepts. We haven't accepted it for a long time. Shakespeare did a ton of them. We don't accept it. And I thought to myself, well, that's why I didn't like the freaking story. Because it's a it's a literal greek tragedy yeah i mean they they, this whole part is really so they showed the farmhouse before and now the farmhouse after and like i said this is just to show what she lost like she lost everything because of this right Mm -hmm. like well she it it was out of her power to lose joel but she lost her friend and jesse now she's lost lost her partner and dina she lost jj she lost two fingers. She lost the way that she could have remembered Joel forever with losing the ability to play the guitar. When you're trying to play the guitar, it's just rough, dude, because they're making you go through it, and you can't do it. You're, you're missing notes because of those two, those two fingers on her left hand, which if she lost the two fingers on her right hand, she probably still could have played the guitar. That's something we have to th- you know, think about there, too. So maybe if she... You know, maybe five years down the road, she could switch and, you know, have a different main hand and she could still play the guitar. But right now, it's just a sad tragedy. Right. Yeah. So, you know, she plays the guitar or attempts to play the guitar. doesn't work. And then that triggers a flashback. And it's the flashback of what we saw when she was drowning Abby.
you drinking? Coffee. Where'd you get that? Uh, those people that came through last week. Oh. A little embarrassed as to what I had to trade to get it, but it's not bad. I had Seth under control. Yeah, I know. And you need to stop harassing Jesse about my patrols. Okay. Uh, Dana. Is she your girlfriend? No. <laughs> No, she, that was just one kiss. It doesn't mean anything. She just, I don't know why she did that. But you do like her. <sighs> so stupid. I have no idea what that girl's intentions are, but, but I do know that she would be lucky to have you. Such an asshole. I'm not trying to. I was supposed to die in that hospital. My life would have fucking mattered. But you took that from me. Somehow the Lord gave me a second chance at that moment. I would do it all over again. Yeah. I just... I don't think I can ever forgive you for that. You know, this is this takes place like right after the dance, apparently, you know, and Ellie and Joel talk about the situation. Ellie's like, you know, I had Seth under control and, you know, also she told him to stop harassing Jesse about his patrols when she's on patrol. And, uh, you know, Joel asks if Dina is Ellie's girlfriend and Joel says that Dina will be lucky to have her. Right. Mm -hmm. And Ellie's like, oh, my God, like you're an asshole because. She wants to hate Joel, but it's like she she can't to it. She she doesn't she wants to hate him, but she's having a hard time hating him. And she's she talks about the hospital and she says she was supposed to die and says, you know, you took that away from me. You took 
that my life was going to matter and you took it away from me. And then Joel was true to himself. He said, if I had a chance to do it again, I would do the same thing. You know, he doesn't say it like that, but he, that's basically what he says. He'd do the same thing over again. Yep. And so Ellie says that she's not sure if she can ever forgive Joel, but she wants to try. And that Joel and Joel said that he'd like that. And, you know, Ellie says, okay, and she'll see him around. And that was it. Like that was the last conversation that they ever had. So we know one of the reasons why it hits Ellie so hard that Joel dies. Not only does Joel die in front of her, but you know, they've been, their relationship has been off for years, at least two years. There's their relationship has been kind of decaying. They decide, you know, well, she decides to say kind of like, you know, start to heal from that. And, you know, uh, bring their relationship back together, and then boom, he dies. She doesn't even get the opportunity. And the reason I said earlier that that, like, that image was not a random image, right, is because that image is linked to her remembering what it was like to end that pain with Joel, right? Like, that's pain for her, that Joel did that, uh, that, you know, her life would have mattered, and now it doesn't. And what I think she realized was, in order for the pain to go away, she needed to let it go. And I think in that moment with Abby, she realized that if she wanted to heal from this, if she wanted this pain to go away, she just needed to let it go. And that's why she decided to let Abby go. So for everybody saying that this was a random memory and it doesn't make sense and she just let her, she just let Abby go because revenge is bad. No, that's not why. It was personal for her. That was a very specific memory she had of Joel that reminded her that sometimes you just got to let the shit go. And And, that's what she was doing. And you're making it really hard for me right now. I'm fighting back singing Let It Go. I'm fighting it hard, Ja. You know me. I appreciate appreciate your efforts. (laughs) (laughs) Just just, just one little verse? No. Okay. No. No. Not doing it. If you're somebody... If you're somebody who's never listened to a podcast with me and Bob before, he sings all the fucking time. All yeah. the time. When you see, you just got to say one word and he'll start singing it. When we were doing Watchpoint Radio. I had to specifically <laughs> make sure I didn't say certain words while I was talking. I had to be sharp on top of it. it okay. No, no, not doing it. But Stop. What? not the time. Know, not the time. <laughs> it goes back to what I was talking about with. The whole thing, watching Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi, those who have no forgiveness in heart suffer a fate worse than death. And I mean, I really think that's true. Like, having hate in your heart is taxing. And the longer you have it there, the more it weighs on your soul. And that's my opinion. I could be wrong. Well, I mean, I agree with you, but I don't think Abby, I don't think Ellie forgave Abby. I think she just decided to... Let it go. Just, you know, like I'm just, I'm done with the whole situation. I don't think go she's, from there. Yeah. I don't think she's going to be friends with Abby or anything like that, but I think, right. right. I, I, think I don't she think she chose to forgive it. her. I think she forgave yeah. the action, but yeah, my biggest problem with this whole deal is that we're at the end here. Abby never told Ellie that she killed her dad. Like how, what, like, that, okay, that's what changed my mind about it being 9 out of 10. And it had to go to 8 out of 10 because it would have made sense for Ellie to finally forgive her 
if she actually understood what Joel took from her, but she didn't. The conversation never happened, was waiting for the conversation forever. Never happened. That is true. I think that could have definitely changed things. Uh, if if Ellie knew what, Ab- I think it could have changed things to a degree, right? If Ellie knew what Abby, that, you know, it wasn't just that Abby was a firefighter at the Firefly base. It, actually, you know what? I got to be honest with you. Um, maybe Nora told Ellie. You think? You think That's so? That's a possibility. Be- during Possibly. that, yeah, because like I literally finished the game and didn't realize. I just, for some reason, like in, like superimposed it myself that that conversation right. or that realization happened at some point. But I'm thinking throughout, and I'm and I'm watching all these YouTube things, and no one's mentioning this. And then I just think to myself, dude, they never talked about it ever. Ellie never says she knows there's there's I mean, literally the one conversation that should have happened right there at the end, like Abby should have said, he killed my dad, you know, or something like that, you know, and then Ellie finally, you know, lets her up out of the water. And I mean, that would have been powerful, but instead it wasn't because it was an eye for an eye. Bob, you're not you can't say somebody killed your dad when uh, you're underwater, dude. yeah that yeah that's not gonna translate see the thing is if nora told ellie that you know the doctor was abby's father which you know i think i think nora gave a bunch of information to to ellie um i don't think it would have mattered at that moment i think it only would have mattered later in the game in seattle i think abby could have told ellie to her face that Joel killed her dad and it wouldn't have made a difference because she was that focused on revenge at that point. It wouldn't have mattered. I think it only would have mattered after the events of Seattle, after the farmhouse, if they had an opportunity to have a conversation, you know, in Santa Barbara, I think it matters then, but not in Seattle, but maybe, maybe if Nora told her, maybe it could have had enough time for her to be like, all right, I get it. You know, enough time for her to think about it and stew over it, maybe. Or maybe it would have been more powerful. But either way, we should have seen it happen. It should have happened at some point in the game. And I feel like I that's agree. an extreme, extreme miss by the whole team. I agree. I agree. It is something um, that should have happened. But, you know, after the flashback, Ellie grabs her things. At least whatever she can carry, and walks away from the farmhouse. Screen goes black. She leaves the, the game. Yeah, you see it through the window of her room, and you see the guitar is still sitting there. So she left the guitar. Right, which that's a callback from the first game. I remember, if I remember correctly, the, the knife, the screen. Well, the the opening screen for The Last of Us is a guitar sitting at a windowsill. If and I remember correctly, if you beat it. The knife's sitting like stuck into the windowsill after you beat it at the opening uh, scene. Yeah. Right. So yeah, this is the end of the game. Like, what are you? What are you? What are your thoughts? I don't like Greek tragedies. I mean, <laughs> I I have to give it to him. It was a well constructed story. It was, and I'm sorry, internet, but 
my opinion is you're just wrong. It was a well-constructed story. Was it the story I, I wanted? Fuck no. It wasn't the story that I wanted. I wanted the story of Joel and Ellie going forward. Yeah. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case. It was a fantastic game. It The story had me... I mean, oh, I forgot to say, I cried. The second time I cried through the game was that last cut, that cut scene where Joel was talking to Ellie, and I was just like, oh. And, I mean, that's powerful. Like, if a game can make me cry, that's powerful. Like, it, and I mean, I was even, like, going into it pissed off from, you know, hour number two. I mean, we talked about it. I sent Neil Druckmann the angry tweet. Tell him to fuck off, you know. Like, I mean, I was bad. Yeah, and yeah, I know. It ended, and I thought, "Damn, this was a fantastic game." It wasn't a ten out of ten like the first one for me, but I don't think it could have been with the way they structured the Greek tragedy. I don't like Greek tragedies. I don't like Romeo and Juliet. I don't like Hamlet. I don't like any of those. So, you know, I mean, so, but I have to give it to him. So at this point in the game. Um, and I'm not going to do a deep dive because we're actually going to do one more episode and we're going to do a bit more of a deep dive into our complete thoughts. But my, at this point in the game, this is, this game reminded me of, um, Death Stranding because both of these games, in my opinion, put the art over the game, in my opinion, right? If the game was the primary concern of Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann, they would have given the players what they wanted. They would have given you a story where, you know, something happens, or probably what everybody thought, right? Something happens. Ellie goes off. Joel follows behind her, and then Joel and Ellie go on this, like, fucked up adventure together. Maybe Joel dies along the way. Maybe he doesn't. But or, they could have yeah, or at the easily end put a story her. together like that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They could have easily put a story together like that. But no, they had, first of all, Neil Druckmann, they already said they weren't even sure if they were going to do The Last of Us Part 2 because they didn't, they didn't have anything meaningful for the story is what they said. So they thought up the story first and then executed it in the game. Now, the story did change. Because originally, Abby was going to die. They did say that. Originally, one of the writers said that. Originally, Abby was going to die. Like, Ellie was going to go down a darker path, right? And if you tune into the next episode, I will talk about what I think the stories for each game will be. Um, Abby lives, Abby dies. But that was what was originally going to happen. And then... I think they made a decision about Lev living. Like they, they weren't sure if Lev and Yara were going to live, but they decided to make Lev live. And then that triggered a conversation about Abby staying alive. And then I think they redid the ending. But for the most part, the, the thought behind the story, what they want to get across was already done. Like, you got there's an article that I have to see if I can find it, but Neil Druckmann talks about the the WLF scar conflict and the real world implications of that. So there was a message there. There was there there, there, there was a, a reason for that story besides having two warring factions there. Uh, but yeah, this is game. This is a game where they definitely put the art in front of the game itself. And Death Stranding is the same exact way. 
And I think that's why both of those games are not like they have these very mixed opinions. Like there are people who hate Death Stranding. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. It did take me 40 hours to get Death Stranding, to understand what he was trying to get across. I know. Goddamn, when it hits, when that shit hit, man, it hits hard. (laughs) Like, you know, and I can't recommend Death Stranding to anybody because I don't know if you'll get it or not. But it is, I've never seen a game's message come across the way Death Stranding does. And the thing about this game, this message is a bit more direct to the story, is a bit more direct, but this was definitely more of an art type of game. They put the game in front of the, they put the art in front of the game, and it's just a lot of people didn't like it because they're like, this isn't what I paid for. No, you paid for their story. You get what they give you. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yep. And so, I mean, that's how it works. Neil made me mad, but I mean, my hat's off to him. I mean, I, I got to respect what he did and what the creators of the entire game did. And, you know, my hat's off to him. It was a rough ride. I don't know that I right. want to do it over again, but it definitely left me changed, which most yeah. games don't. I mean, by the end of this game, I I think I gave the game, as a game itself, I, I gave it a 7 out of 10. I was giving it an 8 out of 10, but then I gave it a 7 out of 10, like I said, because of the, the boss fight with Abby, like, you know, playing as Abby during that boss, I didn't like it. In terms of the ending, like the direct ending of this game, I feel like it was a, so personally, don't get me wrong, I don't feel like it was a waste for me personally. I feel like it was a waste for Ellie. Because if it was just Joel that died, I think her giving, I think her just letting it go, letting it free, you know, saying, fuck it, I'm going to, I am going to stop pursuing this. If she does that and just Joel dies, that's a bit more justified. But Joel died. Abby killed uh, Jesse. Abby and Lev maimed Tommy. And Abby bit off two of her fingers. And Ellie killed Owen. God, I can't remember all the names. Uh, yeah, but uh, this isn't this. They're collateral damage. This isn't about her. About them. This is about uh, her and just, Abby. Yeah, you're just talking. Okay, yeah. you're just talking about Ellie. But they're, I mean, they're, Abby they're, got the short end of the stick. I would say across it all, she lost. What was it? Seven, seven friends or six? She lost seven friends, but I honestly don't think she cared that much. Well, and her dad. Her. Yeah, Andrew, she well, lost her dad. She, but that's because cared, of what Joel did. I think she cared pretty bad when she said in the theater, "You killed all of my friends." I mean, it's it, the the whole point, though. I think, like, if Ellie would have killed Abby at the very end, and I, I would have been actually pretty upset with that ending. I would have been like, "All right, we learned nothing. You grew. You didn't grow." That's what I would have done at the start of the game, but that's not who I am now. Like you know, it just it felt no. it felt right to me, and you know, maybe that's wrong, but I don't know. For, no, I mean, like you're entitled to your pain. For me, it was just like everything you did wasn't worth it. Now you lost all that, but that's the point. And you lost all that, but at least, at least, she would have killed Abby. At least she would have at least she would have succeeded in her goal. Now, how she deals with that 
right? After the fact, different story. How she deals with it after the fact, different story. But at the very least, she succeeded in her goal. Abby at least succeeded in her goal. It would be different if Abby went to Jackson, all of her friends get killed, Joel's still alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that like, would it be was a, It's different. a bit of a different story. It's but a very think- different story, but Abby succeeded. Ellie did not, and that's why I'm like, yeah, this wasn't this wasn't like worth it at all. Like you just completely no. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think the whole point of the story is that it was all for not. It was all a big waste of time and the cycle of revenge is not a healthy thing in our society, in societies way before ours and in that, you know, well, uh, I, I can agree with you, you like know, different you know, society. It, Though the 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 saying is, you know, an eye for an eye makes the world go blind. I agree with you, but that's two different things. We're talking about if it was worth it, like you know, if it was, you know, you said it's all for naught. It couldn't, like, if she actually killed Abby, it wasn't all for naught because she did succeed in her goal. But you still do have the cycle of revenge because she kills Abby. She probably not going to kill Lev. Lev becomes a murder machine. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it's it's a, it's a it's a continuous cycle. So yeah, she broke the cycle. Which sure, morally great streamers, balloons, whatever. You know, but in terms of actually, you know, being off or not, like she could have killed Abby, and at least made that part worth it. But now she's down. Jesse, JJ doesn't have a dad. She lost Dina. Uh, Tommy is spiraling away, and she lost two fingers. You know. That's yeah. where Ellie is at the end of the game. So I don't think, yeah, like her, like having lost all that and then walking away from the farmhouse, like, you know, it's just, it just feels empty. I'm going to say that it feels very empty. Yeah. And just, you know, do with this episode, I find myself so upset. It's kind of like I read the Song of Ice and Fire books two times. Each time that I read through those books, I had to take like a week to two week break every time after the Red Wedding because it affected me so hard. And this is kind of the same thing. I don't think it's as powerful as the Red Wedding. I mean, that was a masterpiece, Mm. but it definitely has the same type of kick to where I'm just not going to sleep as good tonight after we've talked about this. You know, it's weird. Right. Well, like I said, we're going to end it there because we will have one more episode. So on our next episode, we're going to kind of just kind of talk into the game as a whole, right? Like how, like, you know, how we feel about the entire game over the course, you know, at at the end of the day. And then also we're going to do user feedback. So we already have some uh, listener feedback. I say user feedback. Sorry, I I, I work in IT. Um, We're going to (laughs) do listener feedback. Um. So we already have some listener feedback. You know, some of you guys have been communicating with us on a regular basis throughout the show. But if you want, you know, if you have comments or questions or, you know, thoughts that you want, you know, to put out there and have us respond to them, you know, hop in the Discord or reach out to us on Twitter. We'll get into that or you can email us. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll do that on the next and final episode. It will be the finale for this series. So if you guys can get that done, get that stuff in by I want to say Saturday at the latest, because uh, we're probably going to be recording on Sunday. You know, 
we'll uh yeah we'll we'll talk about that in the finale episode yeah please. so we hope to hear from you guys yeah. yeah i'm dying to hear what other people think if you disagree with us that's cool it's cool like i want to hear like give us some justification for your thoughts give us why you think this and I mean, we are not gonna shit on anybody like we you know it's all opinions like there's no right or wrong here there's no black and white there's no this is right this is wrong it's all of our opinions and that's all it is so i'd love to hear what other people think please send it in we will talk to you on the podcast absolutely uh so with that i would like to thank everybody for listening uh you can find us on twitter at twitter.com slash the mash network you can also find uh actually bob i'll show them where they can find you first you can find me on twitter at blazon underscore bob that's b-l-a-z-z-i-n underscore b-o-b yeah you can find me on twitter at josh stradamus uh you can also find us on twitch which is twitch.tv slash mash those buttons so if you want to know when we go live you can just follow us over there uh, like I mentioned, we do have a Discord, and we'd love to have you join, which is mash.gg slash Discord. We do have some Last of Us-specific channels. If you're worried about spoiling the game for somebody who hasn't played it, there is a spoiler channel that you know people can't really see unless they click into it. Um, but uh, also, you know, we do have an email address, which is contact at mash.gg, and you, know, you can email us there uh, with your comments and questions, or you can reach out via Discord or Twitter. All right? And, um, you know, if you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, like, like if you like these limited series and you want to show us some support, you can join us on Patreon, which is patreon.com slash mash those buttons. You can help support mash those buttons with tiers starting at $1 a month and gain early access to content as well as exclusive content. We also have a Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash store slash mash those buttons. And you can also throw us a Twitch subscription if you want to support that way. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about mash those buttons. And with that, we are done with this episode. We're done with the game. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week for the finale. It's been one hell of a ride. I hope we get to hear from people for the last finale. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 